Welcome to Local Matters on this fine Monday afternoon. So glad you're with us today. Hope you listen to us all week long. There's a different host Monday through Friday. I just happen to be the one on Monday. Local Matters, and I have a very fascinating gentleman sitting in the studio with me today. I met him some years ago. He's a good-looking fella. He's a spiffy dresser. He's a magician. He's uh, quite a showman in his own right. He used to be a chauffeur, and he chauffeured some big names uh, that we'll talk about. So hang in there with us, and welcome to the studio, Roger Reeves. How are you, my friend? Well, hello, Judy. Uh, it's a real pleasure, I'd like to say, that, to be here with you. I've known I've known you since I come to town. That Pretty was in much. 203. Yep. And um, I did some gigs for you, if you remember uh, magic shows as yes, people would get did. off the train, mm-hmm. and um, that was. And I might neat. add, you were one fine magician well, and are you. one thank fine you. magician. Thank you very much. And you can be hired. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. If you want a good magician, uh, I will jump ahead here, Roger. And I know there are two gigs that you have very close to the whole, to the Upper Cumberland here. I mean, it's just in our back door, and one of them is. Uh, the Wilson County Bank, which is one of, well, I guess it now it's the biggest, uh, not Wilson County Bank. See, I had Randall Clemens on my mind, who's <laughs> going to be a guest here in a couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, Wilson County Fair. Exactly. And Randall Clemens was, was very instrumental in putting that fair where it is today. Uh, and you perform there? I do. Um, we run from uh, August 17th to the 25th this year. And... Um, uh, Randall was actually the one that hired me, and how that came about was there was a clown who did magic there mm-hmm. and entertained the, the children, and he passed away. And mm-hmm. Randall called me and said, you think you'd be interested? Randall knew that I had a background in clowning with the Shriners, right. which I'd done since 1977. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came here, um, I got involved in taking kids from the uh, Cumberland area to uh, um, Lexington, Kentucky for their treatments. Uh-huh. And uh, I really didn't push the clowning in anymore. That was some that was in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to uh, go all around the United States and chase trophies and compete against other clowns in the shrine. Right. And not bragging, but um, as to date, I'm the only clown to ever win all four divisions of makeup back to back. In international competition. Wow. Now, in... I got a question for you. Okay. Were you an August clown, white face, or... Exactly. That's just what I was going to touch on. I okay. was an August clown, but there's uh, four explain, divisions. To explain to our listeners what that means. Okay. August clown... August is a German word which involves uh, using uh, four or five colors on the face that's always the same. Mm-hmm. Your pinks and reds. Your whites, your blacks, um, and oranges. Those mm-hmm. are the colors that predominantly make up the Ringling Brothers look, which is an August clown. Yes. Now, you have a second one, which is called your white face. That's more of a um, uh, clown that that's, uh, never starts the trouble uh, as your August does. It's the pretty clown. It's predominantly yeah. white face with a makeup trimmed in. Red or black lips, 
with red or black eyes. Mm-hmm. That's your, your white face. And then you get into this uh, third one, which is your um, uh, tramp clown. Mm-hmm. And that's the the hobo type guy that's down and out and he's that's, got a beard. And, yep. um, and that's your tramp clown. And then, of course, the last one is called a character. Mm-hmm. A character represents any costume that you might wear uh, with any type of makeup. So it's a, it's a hodgepodge of the other three, but it's actually a separate division of four uh, classes of makeup. <clears throat> exactly. And, uh, now, I was a, was a, um, uh, an Auguste clown, okay. and my husband was a tramp clown. Well, I'll be darned. Many moons ago, uh-huh. we started a clown ministry at our church, First Baptist Church here in Cookville. A few few years ago, uh, don't do much of it anymore. Uh, occasionally, and it's very rare, though, that I will. Uh, my clown name was Boofy. And Boofy will make an appearance, but you know, uh, and, and and this may not be interesting interesting to my listeners, but you know, I discovered, and it seems to be even more now, and I think it may be because of of society and what's happening in our world. Uh, clowns are feared. They are now and, more than maybe exactly used and, to be. And that's such a shame because it is of the good work that the Shriner clowns and, and ministry clowns do within their churches and what have you. But what it was was a scene that came on with this, started, I think, with this gothic, gothic look, and it and it even got into clowning where um, people were using that as a scare tactic. Yeah, rather mean than, and mean yeah, clowns, and, ugly. And mean, yeah, and yeah. ugly. And, um, yeah. and then, of course, there's a whole theory on that to spin off of, of your um, – Games that they play on handheld things, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just gone to a different uh, aspect. But right. uh, there's still people like I know yourself and myself that really believe in clowning, and um, I do. And and uh, I'll go to my grave, um, really, really loving clowning because that's mm-hmm. where it all started for me. In the and you don't do as much of that I, it, now as you did, right? Um, Wilson County. Um, I go as Doodles the Clown, which is a registered name that I've I've had since the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, people always ask me about uh, how I got into the clowning then, and that was through the Shriners. Okay, I joined yep. the Shriners in nineteen seventy seven, and I started um, uh, doing work up. In Michigan, and we take our kids to Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. So you're from Michigan originally. I am. Okay. Um, I spent, Michigander, yeah. Michigander. I spent 35 years as a Detroit fireman. Right. And um, on the side, we had a clown team, and I started clowning with them, and it broke off to the Shriners. And, okay. And I had an extensive uh, period there where I was, you know, working as a, as a, a Shriner clown. Mm-hmm. So, but... Um, uh, people s- always ask me, well, is that how you got into, into entertaining? And it really wasn't. And I'll tell you a story that um, that's sort of different. If you ask 10 magicians, how did you get into magic? They'll always say, well, I was at school and it was a magician game and, and I just loved watching him and wondering how he did his tricks. And, and I went home and told my parents and for Christmas they gave me a magic set. That story is the same story that is told by 
Maybe, 10 out of 10 magicians. Yeah, well, mine's different. Um, Dad was an entertainer. And mm-hmm. uh, my mom would take me to gigs that he was doing. And he would be on stage singing and uh, playing his uh, guitar. And I used to say to myself, someday I'm going to be up on that stage. <laughs> of course, Dad had other ideas. I think he felt that... Uh, it was a cutthroat, hard to get into established, so he never would uh, teach me guitar. Um, now I play a little, <laughs> which is strange. Okay, that's okay. But um, he, I would sit there, and I, I remember I was seven, eight years old, and I used to think someday I'm going to be on that stage. Well, now I am <laughs> in a little bit different uh, just, setting. Just a doing, little different. Doing huh? magic. I'm yeah. entertaining, but... I'm not. Uh, I'm not singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you've kind of given up your clowning, uh, and have have gone into being a magician. Um, we're talking today with Roger Reeves, and Roger is is a Michigander that that I don't know why he came to court. Well, we'll ask him that in a minute. But he. Uh, um, He's quite the entertainer and has quite a number of stories, and I'm delighted that he came to Tennessee and came to Cookville. And I know he's been all over the Upper Cumberland. Roger, we talked about you being uh, at the, the Wilson County Fair. Um, you're also in Granville, Tennessee, which is Smith County. Jackson and, County. Um, is it in Jackson County? It well, is. it's just it right is. there where Jackson and Smith exactly. and Wilson all kind of, it, and Putnam really, all kind of comes together. Uh, and I know you go down to Granville, which I've had the opportunity do, to do on more than one occasion. And you uh, perform there, especially on their Heritage Day, which is always in May. Yes, and um, that is such a fun gig for me because I entertain with um, a fellow who has almost become a brother, David Turner. David okay. Turner is a ventriloquist. And he, without a doubt, is the finest ventriloquist uh, and self-taught. Going to have to try to get him on my show. Oh, I love David. And we play off of each other. He'll yeah. do 20 minutes. I'll do 20 minutes. And I'll be down in the audience laughing at something that he says with one of his dummies, and he does me the same way. You know, we support each other, and uh, I, I just think, the world of, of David and uh, his wife, Rolina. Now, right. you know, behind every good man, there's a there's woman. a good woman. That's and right. she runs our sound, both of us, and uh, keeps us on cue, keeps us our timing down, watches our clock, because he and I, we we get up there and we forget. I know. You, for, you get involved in what you're doing, you forget exactly. about the clock. Yeah, exactly. that's true, Roger. Now, you do some other things. Um, I, I but before we get to that, I want to I want to ask you about your dad was an entertainer and you got the love of performing at an early age. And and that's what you were going to do. But that's not what you spent your career doing. Uh, it was a side, I'm sure, with the clowning and then the, uh, being the magician. Uh, but you also I know a little now about you had another uh, occupation. And that was a chauffeur, and I mentioned this at the beginning, that you would uh, uh, tell us a little bit about some famous names. But before we do that, we're going to take a break here, let our sponsors 
talk to you just a minute. Support our sponsors for doing uh, the program today, and we thank them for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back here on Local Matters this afternoon, talking with Mr. Roger Reeves, a clown, a uh, magician, an all-around spiffy dresser. I got to tell you what he's got on now. He, he's got this beautiful tie, and I wish you folks could see it. It's uh, I got a magician, and he's got his hat there with his bunny rabbit in it, and he's got cards up in the air, and it's all these beautiful colors, and he's on a stage. You can see the audience at the tip of the at the tip of the at the uh, the tie, you can see the little heads of the audiences watching the magician. But what I David or David, good grief, uh, Roger, I'm going to ask you, how on earth and why on earth did you end up in Middle Tennessee when you were in Michigan, had a, a, a successful career there, did your clowning and your magic tricks? How did you end up in Cookville? Well, you know, I talked to you about um, my dad being an entertainer. He actually, um, like myself, worked two jobs, mm-hmm. and he was Miss Etzel Ford's bodyguard. Miss Etzel, Etzel Ford? Yes. Okay. Miss Etzel Ford was Henry Ford's mother. Mother. Everybody thought that Henry, the deuce as they called him, was the owner of Ford Motor Company. <laughs> Miss Etzel had 51% of the Ford Motor Company. He was her bodyguard, and, and he went to a lot of places that – Involved her going near Bar Harbor, Maine, in different places. And Miss Etzel passed away, I believe it was in 1987. Well, when that happened, um, she had this huge estate there in Michigan, and uh, there was rumors going around as to what they were going to do with the land. And he retired and came back to where he, like most of us, originated, and that was Middle Tennessee. He was born in Free State over in Jackson County. Oh, wow. So as Dad's um, health started breaking, I felt that uh, my mom, who's still alive, she's 92. Oh, my goodness. And I I felt that she needed um, somebody, you know, here. Mm -hmm. So I retired from Detroit Fire and put all that behind me. And all the guys at work said, you'll never go to Tennessee, the, the lifestyle you live. You're too fast and... Well, here I am. So. Here you are, and I'm thankful that you're here. But let's talk about uh, your dad was a chauffeur for, for her. Let's talk about you being a chauffeur. Okay. Um, I fell into a job that, that guys at work used to say, Roger, you're the luckiest guy in the world. Well, I'm going to tell you the downside of that. I was at work one day, and a, a man came in, and he said, um, who can drive heavy equipment? And I said, well, I can. And he said, well, here's what happened. He said, I own a limousine business, and he said, all of us, all uh, two drivers, it was him and his brother, um, we're young looking, and we need a guy with a little more gray and that can um, talk to executives. That experience with my dad, that experience with working with people that were, say, with the upper echelon who had money, Mm -hmm. that never impressed me. And because of that, when you don't show that, people realize you're on the same level. And I agree because with that. of that, um, I was hired. And I worked there probably for about a year. And I was at the fire hall that day, and uh, uh, my boss took a run to the airport and met this 30 year old multimillionaire whose father built 
shopping centers throughout the United States. And in the conversation, he said, how much L.A. work do you do? And he said, well, we really don't do any because of um, the company that had that sold up, which was an affiliate of L.A. and it was in Michigan. He said, go tomorrow and bring back seven new Cadillacs and just tell them that I'll sign my name to it. And that's what he did. <laughs> so he come to me and he said, look, we need drivers. So I went to the fire hall and I hired a bunch of guys. And he said, you're going to from now on do all the tour work. And I started doing all the Motown stuff. I started doing the good ones come to mind. Ann Murray out of Canada. I loved Ann. One day he says, I'm assigning you, take your time off work. I'm assigning you to do a, a tour with a, by the name of Prince. I didn't know who Prince was and really didn't care. <laughs> but um, the movie was hot and everything was going. So I got assigned to do the Prince tour. I think when his manager saw that I was uh, not starstruck, and that's what it takes in that business. You can't show that you're there for an autograph. Ooh, I never yeah. asked for an autograph. I never asked for a picture. And I started driving Prince and um, did the whole Purple Rain, and we went down into Ohio, and it was to go into California, come around into Texas, back into Florida, and end at Ooh. Cobo Hall in, um, in Michigan. Okay. Well, it never happened. Uh, they broke up uh, when I went back to my regular job, and they picked up chauffeurs along the way. Um, it actually, the tour broke up, and it never Purple Rain never finished, as as a lot of people don't know. Mm. But um, that was a time when a prince was so emphatic about his people, the way they looked, the way the tour went. Um, I was only allowed to put fruit juices, Perrier water into the limo that he drove in because, or rode in because um, he was such a health nut. He had a lady from France that would cook his meals, and every night we would go, after the tour, we would go back to the hotel into his suite, and he would go alone and take a shower, and she would have his meals set, and he would eat alone. He was very eccentric. Um, <laughs> no kidding. And then um, after that, he would come down to the suite. Now, this was the most amazing thing. I thought of the whole tour. They would play that night's concert, and they would have the percussion and the rhythm guitars and, and the backup singers, and everybody would be there. And he would be watching that screen, and he would turn to, say, a guitar player and say, you came in late on that. You missed that note. He was a wonderful mu musician, oh, great musician. Amazing that <laughs> he could pinpoint something like that. Well, later I found out that when... The Purple Rain album was cut. He did all the vocals. He did all the mixing. He did all the backup singing. Wow. With dubs um, and played almost all the instruments. The The man was a genius. Well, that was a shock when he died for you, wasn't it? It was because when I found out there was um, maybe drugs involved in that, mm -hmm. um, I still don't believe it. But I guess if you push yourself enough, you're going to have to do something. Something to, to come down that. as a exactly. performer. You know that. And, of course, you know, everybody thinks of Elvis. Talking today with Roger Reeves uh, about his uh, time as a chauffeur in Michigan. Uh, and that's just one of the other things that he did besides his clowning and his magicianing. Anyway, let's continue this conversation, Roger. I, okay. I, you've got um, me very interested you, now. You talked about all the things I've done. You know, um, 
as a boy born in Jackson County. I've lived the life of a millionaire. I really have. You, I mean, you can't. Um, you deliver the life of one. Have you been a millionaire? No, <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> you go, buddy. first million. I, I I sort of set aside. Now I'm working on the second million. Okay, that'll work. But um, seriously, coming out of Jackson County and not having a family with money, mm-hmm. um, I have lived a life of of, uh, of a millionaire because I've rubbed shoulders with uh, some of the millionaires in this country. Prince being one, no, and, you uh, were you well, drove for Whitney Houston too. Didn't I, I worked you? with Whitney. Um, me and Mister Houston, her dad was just—he was a great guy. And I'd like to tell you a conversation once that we had. He and I were standing backstage while we were sitting in a chair outside Whitney's dressing room. Mm-hmm. And every night she would come out, and she would go through her exercises of uh, her getting vo- her voice ready. vocal exercises. And she was like a she would sing these scales, and she was like a canary. I mean. A voice that you'll never mm-hmm. forget. And he said, uh, Roger, he said, go to that door and see what you see. Well, there was a door there that looked out over the the hill portion where people would put blankets down. And so I opened the door and I looked out and I came back and I said, well, Mr. Houston, I said, we're, we're sold out again tonight. He said, no, go back and open that door and look and see what you see. Well, I did the same thing and I come back and I said, Mr. Houston, that's a sellout crowd. He said... Here's what you're not seeing. He said 95% of the people out there on that lawn are white. And I said, okay. He said, if Whitney will listen to me and stay out of R&B, at that time it was called R&B, which was later it went into rap. and, and yeah. um, It was rhythm and blues. And rhythm and blues, mm-hmm. right? And it, it was called rap and, and, you know, and the music business has changed. But he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, Roger. If she will listen to me and stay out of R&B and not wait for the next uh, black artist to come along that everybody's going to jump on, she'll have an audience until she's an old lady. And I think probably where he got that from was her cousin um, who recorded with Burt Bacharach. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think probably um, that's where that background came from. Of course, her mom was one of the sweet inspirations that sung sure. in back of Elvis. Mm-hmm. So she had that she had that background. But of course, she told me once that she actually started in church. That yep. was her background in, right. in music. She kind of drifted away from that, though. She did. and um, I mean, it appears she did. I course, don't mean judgmentally. You know, um, from what everybody said, because I'd left the tour at that time when, when things started changing, and she fired her dad. And to this day, I often wonder if... Uh, Maybe they made amends before he passed. Well, I hope um, so. I do, too, because mm-hmm. he was such a, a great guy and a good man and and, uh, and tried to steer her in a way which you see what the end results were. And that was after she left her dad, you know. So. Right. Talking today with Roger Reeves, you're a great asset to this community, to our state, and I thank you very much for taking time out of your busy life to come in and talk with me on the radio today. Well, thank you, Judy. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, you know, a lot of times you're the first one that I've ever talked to and down here and completely went over my work schedule for my life because one of the things that I don't want people to think is I'm bragging because when you're in a limo at, at 4.30 in the morning and you've been up since 6 <laughs> and you've got to have that car clean yeah. to get back to the hotel – at seven for a meeting? 
Not very, That's not very not glamorous, bragging. is no. it? <laughs> Thank you again, Roger. Thank folks. you, Judy, very much. I really appreciate the time. You bet. Thank you. Folks, have a have a good rest of this Monday. We will talk to you next week. Bye bye.